Well, hey, good morning, Christy. Good morning, Chris. I know. It is a good morning, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yes. That's right. Do you know why it's a good morning? Because we're both here. I mean, we're <laughs> both here. And uh, this is okay. this is cited, right? According to the nationaldaycalendar.com. That's a real thing. Today is National Pepperoni Pizza Day. Well, aren't you fun, full of fun facts? That I, know, are, right? I did not know that. That's but right. that does seal my lunch plans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not so much full of fun facts as much as the nationaldaycalendar.com right. is. Right. Uh, but uh, don't ask me how I found that, but it, I did. Well, thanks and for sharing that. And it's Pepperoni Pizza Day. What kind of pizza? Like, what's your, what's your style of pizza? There's a lot of different styles out there. I'm pretty traditional. Like, so, like, I don't New want... York style, thin crust, thick crust, no, Chicago? I, like, I used to love the Chicago. Mm. Like, I could really get into that. And I don't like funny stuff on my pizza like yeah. i don't want to not be able to identify it are you I don't pi- get... you're not you're not a pineapple person no i can do pineapple okay. i know what that is and i you know but i the, the fancy pizzas yeah the oh, bougie pizzas bougie pizza yeah, i'm not doing that yeah i could eat chicago pizza when i um was much younger and well, yeah. burn calories really easily <laughs> i did say i without used doing to like anything yeah i meant when i was 20 no that's what i mean yeah. i'm with you it's like yeah. i could eat that in my early 20s when my metabolism was much higher right my favorite style of pizza is st louis um, pizza. Okay. It's a thin crust, and then they use this special cheese that's just so good. And uh, yeah, it's really. Well, now I'm hungry yeah. and a little cranky about yeah, it. So, all right, pe- I'm going to transition us <laughs> to introduce our guests today before we, because we could talk pizza for a while, I have a feeling. We are here in our third week of sharing stories to raise awareness for childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. So today, Christy, we're talking with Amber Vess. And the Vess family, they're a big, amazing family with just a huge heart. Um, Their daughter, Megan, uh, passed away um, back in May of 2020. And today on the podcast, Amber is just going to be sharing some of her favorite stories of Meg, as well as just some information about the Live Like Megan Foundation. So let's listen in on the conversation. Amber, I have heard so much about your family over the last couple of years, so it's really great to actually get to see you kind of in person and get to meet you. Um, just to start, can you walk us through like Megan's timeline of her diagnosis and her treatment and what that was like? Sure. Megan was diagnosed in, um, in August, August 14th of 2012 with ALL leukemia. Um, we done about a three-year treatment plan for ALL. And, um, during that time she was diagnosed mismatch repair deficiency called CMMRD, um, constitutional mismatch repair deficiency. And that is a predisposition for cancer. So we kind of found out she was high risk of other cancers. So this started, um, a lot of treatment, um, testing and things like that to try to prevent from cancers or catch it early. Um, cause it was almost a, um, positive that she was going to have cancers come up, um, about a year and a half off treatment from leukemia. She was diagnosed with glioblastoma brain cancer. So, um, she went through a clinical trial, um, of immunotherapy, which gave us three and a half years with Megan when we were only given 14 months. So we we're very thankful for that trial. Um, when it failed her, she tried another clinical trial of where they inject polio into her brain tumor, um, to try to trick the body into believing it had polio and fighting it off. Um, and that was, we done that one for a few months. Um, she had it in, uh, March, 
of 2020 and she passed away in May of 2020. So it didn't work, but um, we gave it the best effort we had. Yeah. And you got extended time than at least what you thought you were going to get with her. Exactly. How are you guys? Um, how are you guys as a family? How's your family doing now? Um, you know, losing a child is the worst thing that you could ever go through, in my opinion. Um, it's hard. We live day to day, sometimes minute to minute. Um, but we're making it and we just try to do everything that we do in Megan's honor. Um, try to make her proud. <laughs> yeah. So you guys are also your foster parents, right? So how, tell us a little bit about that. How long have you been fostering? Yeah. So we have, um, been doing foster care since 2004. Um, Megan was two and a half years old when we started. Um, we got our first placement and, we were kind of hooked. So we've done it a long time. (laughs) We have adopted three kids and are in the process of adopting our fourth and probably our fifth. Um, The brother to the fourth one we're fixing to adopt also came to live with us recently. So um, we are actively doing foster care too. You know, we're waiting on a placement because our current placement, um, that we just had left and got to go be reunified with her parents. So that was awesome. So we're waiting on another placement. Um, we love it. What is that journey kind of meant for your family? Just walking through with these different kids and then the adoption process. Um, so really foster care goes a little deeper now than it even did before. Just, um, a little backstory, you know, I, I have Megan as my only biological child. Um, so when we lost her, we had no clue we would ever lose her, you know, down the road when we started foster care. So in my mind, that's just God making a plan for us down the future um, line, knowing that I love kids so much and just wanted to always have kids surrounding me. Um, and I wasn't able to have any more after Megan when we found out her genetic diagnosis. Um, we were told not to have any more kids because it was such a, um, rare disorder that could go to other children also, and they could have the same thing as Megan. So, you know, we, we were very fortunate that we didn't have kids before. Um, we found that out because we would never want to ever put another child through what Megan went through and then ourselves through losing another child too. Um, So we're very fortunate for foster care. Um, They've given us that passion of ours to be able to have children. Wow. So how many total kids then do you have in in the house now? Yeah. So right now um, we have four in the home. Um, We have one that is getting a little bit of help somewhere else currently to come back home. Um, Just a lot of trauma, a lot of issues. And um, we have a, adopted daughter that is on her own and has two children of her own too. So gosh. Wow. Full that's house amazing. For you guys. Yeah, that's amazing. They're so lucky to have you. Let's talk about Megan. I'm sure you have hundreds of just amazing stories um, to share. Um, but if you had to pick one uh, before treatment and uh, before 2020, like what's your favorite Megan story? So before treatment, um, she was a beach fanatic. She loved the beach. So we started her off going to the beach when she was one month old. Um, it was, yeah, she was born in this in November 
And in December at one month old, we took off to the beach in the cold and I had to wrap her up and bundle her up in a little blanket, but, um, we just started her off young. So that was just her place. That's what she called her, her, um, her safe place or whatever. It's where she loved to go. So we, we went there very often, but just seeing her, um, enjoy the beach so much and small and things like that would probably be my, my favorite story of her. Um, honestly, a lot of the before cancer is a little blurry. Um, because the cancer journey was so overwhelming that it's almost like there's hard to find a before cancer. Um, but we, we vacationed a whole lot and that was her thing is she loved to vacation. When she's on the beach is, was her, was it her favorite to get out and just be in the waves? Did she, did she rather be building sandcastles or, or what was she doing? Everything. She would just do it all, but she really soaked up the the sun is what she loved to just lay on the beach and listen to the waves roll in. It was her peace place. <laughs> so That's awesome. I love that. Well, you mentioned that her treatment was so overwhelming and it was long. I mean, it was a t- it spanned a lot of years. So tell us some stories about while she was doing treatment and still doing life. Yeah. So when um, we started treatment, my favorite story of treatment was, um, she was probably about two years in to treatment, maybe, maybe not. Um, but we were at St. Jude and we were staying there on campus cause her initial treatment was so hard that we had to stay there. And, um, there was some miniature horses, um, came there. Some people brought miniature horses for the kids to just enjoy and to pet and to interact with. And, um, Megan got to, to play with them and she just loved horses. So this was really cool. It was a small miniature horse. And after that experience that night, I could just see the wheels turning all day in her head. And that night she was like, mom, we can do this for other kids. We can get a miniature horse and we can take horses to go see other kids. And, um, that was like the opening door for our organization that we founded um, me and Megan, um, hoof prints for hope is what it was called. And it stemmed off of that experience at St. Jude. So that's just something that sticks out to me so much because I just seen those little wheels turn in her head. Like, Oh, I love this. We can do this for other kids. And I thought you were going to say, I need a pony is what she was saying, but she was still thinking about other kids and wanting to do it for them, which is awesome. That that's what kind of sticks out to me is knowing that she was going through so much herself that she was still thinking of other kids and how we could help them. And she knew that was such a good experience for her. She wanted to give it to other kids. Love that. So you guys, you guys have been on our sunrise retreat in bald head Island. Um, Talk to us about, that's a really special retreat we do, and we, we only do one a year right now. And um, tell us a little bit about what that meant, what that experience was like for your family and what it meant to your kids and to you and your husband. So we were in a really bad place um, when we got invited to come to that retreat. And we had just lost Megan back in May. Um, and I think it was September, the end of September when we got to come. So we were in a really bad place, um, just life was at the worst, um, rock bottom is what I call it. Um, didn't know how we were going to gather our bearings and, and make it. 
And when we come to this retreat, it was such a peaceful feeling. As we talked earlier, you know, Bald Head is just such a peaceful place. Um, it's, it's amazing. And when we were here, all the people surrounded us just, and just loved on us and, and let us know that it's okay to be upset and to be sad that we didn't have to just move on right then. And, you know, do things that we weren't comfortable doing. Um, they just walked through this journey with us while we were here and it was awesome. Um, I cannot even express to you the feeling that we had that week we were here. It was like it opened up a door to us that um, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to to grieve and things like that. But it, you know, that we would make it and that we would be okay. Yeah, you're you're actually there right now. But we yeah. are. Yeah, we have. Ever since then, we the peace that we experienced that week we long for now. So we just come back every year since then. And that's our plans to come back every year. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. Um, in some of the conversations that, that we've had leading up to this podcast, there's a, there's a phrase or a quote that you've mentioned that you guys have, that, that you've lived by. Um, can you share what is that phrase and share a little bit behind, behind that? Yeah. So our phrase is plan for forever, but live like today is the last. And with Megan and her journey, we didn't know what was going to happen. Um, we were told 14 months and I wasn't willing to accept that. She wasn't willing to accept that. We, none of us were willing to accept that. And so we didn't know what to do, but we loved to vacation. Megan's favorite thing was traveling and hunting. Megan was an avid hunter. Um, so, you know, there would be times that I would think in my mind, like, what am I supposed to do? you know, about our future. And we kind of had to live every day, day by day, minute by minute. So, um, that was kind of our, our motto or whatever you call it is to just plan for the future, but live every day. Like it's going to be the last. You mentioned that she was a hunter. Um, did she hunt? Did you hunt with her? Did she hunt with her dad? How did, what was that like? So we both hunted with her, um, she started off hunting with her dad when she was just little. I think she was like 10 when she started hunting. Her dad has always been a hunter. Um, and it was just something that she grew to love. And it wasn't just hunting. It was traveling and hunting together. So she got the best of the both worlds. We, we traveled the United States hunting with her. Um, I would always tag along, but it wasn't really my thing. But because I was with her. It yeah. was my thing. <laughs> so, but yeah, she loved it. You mentioned the beach was a special place for her. Was that her favorite place to travel when you guys have traveled? Because you mentioned you traveled all over hunting. Or did she have a favorite place to travel? No, Montana was always her favorite place. Montana had our heart, um, hers too. She always said, when I'm older, I'm packing up and moving. I was like, well, you better tell me when so I can pack up and move with you. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that was always her her place, our place. You know, wow. we we've done more than just hunt in Montana. We visited and enjoyed things there rafting down the Yellowstone river. And, um, you know, we, we done a lot of things in Montana that just, we loved Yeah, so that, that would probably have been, I know that was her favorite place to go. Wow. What's, and those are some great, what neat memories. Great memories. Yeah. Um, that's really, yeah, that's really, really special. Um, how are you and how are you and Randy doing? I know he's not on the podcast with us today, but like, how are you guys doing? Um, you know, we're, we're trying, 
Um, some days is harder than others. All days feel hard. Um, it's, it's one of those things that when you wake up in the morning, you have to reteach yourself. Here's another day without your child, but you got to make it, you got to go. So we do the best we can. Hey, Amber, tell us about your live like Megan foundation. Tell us how that started and what you're kind of doing with it today. Yeah. So it started out with the hoof friends for hope, as we talked about, um, you know, with the little horse and then Megan and I had talked about expanding it to help more children. At that time, we were only kind of focusing on children with life-threatening illness, Mm -hmm. um, such as cancers, things like that. Um, And we had talked about wanting to expand that to be able to reach more children. So now we do life-altering circumstances. And um, Megan was just so sick that we never got to change the name and expand it and do what we wanted to do um, while she was still here. But when her um, when she passed away, her dad and I got together and we were like, we have to keep moving forward. Um, and we want to be able to honor Megan in doing so because she was the one who wanted to start this organization from the beginning. So how can we do that? And to, to do that, we felt we needed to rename it because we were not dealing with the little horses anymore at this point. Um, and it just came to me one night, live like Megan, because that's what I want all kids to be able to do is live like Megan. Cause she lived a full life in the 18 and a half years that she had here that has so many memories that even adults don't get in a lifetime. Um, and she just always done it with a smile. She always done it with happiness in her heart. So that's what we want other kids to be able to do. So now we are doing hunts of our own. We are bringing children to North Carolina um, for bear hunts. Um, we have, this is our third year doing it. Um, every child that we have brought in so far has harvested a bear. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty amazing. We, they get to take the meat um, for their family and we send them their mount. Um, and we just have a full week of enjoyment and interactions with the families. Um, we do dinner under the pavilion every evening and just all the volunteers come and the families are there so we can interact with each other. It's pretty amazing. And we are reaching out now um, as kind of a second part to our organization is foster care. Um, We help foster kids. So we provide clothes, um, furniture, like for kids that are getting to go home with their parents that they may may need a little extra help, um, like getting the furniture for their home. Um, And we're, we're working on building a home for children that come into the foster care system to be able to come to, to get clothes, shoes, toys, things like that before they enter their foster placement. The bear hunt thing. That's just, uh, that's really, really cool. What does bear meat taste like? Oh, we love it. Um, it's not Randall's favorite, but to me it's, um, it tastes pretty lean, but because it's wild, um, you know, you do have to, sometimes it has a gamey taste. So there's some special things you have to do to get that gamey taste out. But to me, it makes some amazing jerky. Wow. How about that? I had no idea. I think it's amazing that with everything you have on your plate, I mean, what a way to honor your daughter mm-hmm. to, I mean, this is, this is a, a bit, I mean, this is a lot that you're putting into this organization. And I love that. I love that that was something that she, I mean, even when she was little with those horses, that her first thought was, I can do this for somebody yeah. else. I mean, that's really special considering that she was, she went through a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. Um, 
that's one of those proud mama moments. Um, you know, throughout her whole journey, there was times that she would see a kid in need or like going through treatment and she'd be like, mom, we need to send her a package. Or, you know, matter of fact, when she passed away, I went up to her room and she had this package in her room of all pink stuff because there was a young girl who was at the hospital who her favorite color was pink. So she went and bought all these pink socks, pink bubble gum, pink everything and put in this package and she never got to ship it to her but it was laying in her room. So it's just one of those things that make me very proud. Yes. Yeah, it should. Yeah. It should. Love those proud mama moments. Um, Amber, we just, thanks for giving us some time today. Um, your story, you're, you're just, those kids are so lucky to have you as a mom. Oh my gosh, I'm getting all choked up. Katie is too, so it's not just me. <laughs> but they're so lucky to have you as a mom and you, you've gone through, you've gone through a lot and the fact that you're still willing to open up your home and, um, and take in more kids and raise more kids. And then this foundation just, I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Keep doing it. You're an inspiration for sure. And enjoy that peaceful background at bald head. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm really, I'm just so inspired by Amber's strength. Yeah. You really said it well, Christy, um, inspired by her strength. That's just, yeah, a great way to sum that up. Um, love that Baldhead Island has become a family vacation spot for them that they visit each year. It, it really is a special place. And it's such a perfect um, location for such a special retreat like yeah. our sunrise. It's just a perfect place to hold that retreat every year. Um, if you want more information on the Live Like Megan Foundation, you can find a link in the show notes. And we will see you next week for another episode of the Lighthouse Podcast.